Hello, and welcome back to the Thoracic Oncology Assembly serial podcast regarding lung cancer screening. Today, Drs. Rivera, Wiener, and I will talk about the future of lung cancer screening. Hear us gaze into our crystal ball and tell you what happens next. Let's jump right back into the conversation. Take those you know, results from new studies about um, who might be at higher risk, you know, based on you know more criteria than just the you know than the NLST criteria, or taking results from biomarker studies and really um, developing ways to uh, sort of be most patient-centered about how we help um, how we help our patients make these decisions. Because you know, as we've talked about for you know a while now with these things, they're they're incredibly complicated decisions, and so even for us, right, who sort of live in this world, you know, at least at least. Uh, the eight hours a day we're at work, if not, you know, not longer when we're, you know, going to the bead shop to, you know, make bracelets for our patients. Right. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, if they're hard for it's, us, they're going to be hard for our patients. And so making it, absolutely. Making it uh, better is, is, I think, crucial. Absolutely. And you know, another thing I would say that um, I hope you will be able to achieve in the future for lung cancer screening is um, identifying ways to get our patients to quit smoking, to capitalize on this as a potential teachable moment, and hopefully not, you know, as you said, to, um, you know, convince them that it's okay to keep on smoking if they have a negative screening CT. I don't think we know the answers yet as to, you know, how best to manage smoking cessation in the context of lung cancer screening. Yeah. Well, then I'll ask uh, this other question, then, sort of to follow up that question, Renda. So if you had a $20 million grant whose only requirement was that you studied some aspect of lung cancer screening, what would you focus on? I guess I would focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying how, to figure out what? a way yeah. to get patients to quit smoking. Cause I agree. I think that's, yeah. the, you know, that's the best way to reduce their chances of dying of lung cancer and to improve their health more generally. You know, I think... Yeah, Patricia, we, what do you think? Uh, oh, the, uh, without uh, doubt, you know, and, and I think it was in 2011 or 2012, I can't recall which ATS meeting, before we were officially in assembly, and um, we were talking about among the, the members of the assembly, and I got up to the microphone and I said, I don't think that we should ever have a screening program that does not mandate smoking cessation, and Jim Jett said, oh, we can't do that, you know, you can't deny patients screening because they're smoking, which I agree with. But I think it's critical. You know, lung cancer is the only cancer um, where we know the risk factor in the majority of ca- of, of uh, cases. We don't know that for any other cancer. Um, and yet, you know, to to not make this the priority um, is, I think, it's wrong. Um, and and I'm so hopeful, you know, that in the next five six years we will have much more information about how to be a lot more progressive and innovative with uh, smoking uh, cessation. We're we're trying all sorts of funky things within our program um, to help patients, you know, involving their their spouse or children. If they anyone who lives at home who's smoking is invited to come to the screening clinic visit, we're trying to get funding to help promote smoking cessation in, in patients, uh, husbands or wives, uh, you know, people who are not actively engaged in screening. Um, and then this peer-to-peer program to uh, bring it to the community so that patients can have uh, representatives and advocates that they can go to, sort of like AA. You know, for every other um, uh, uh, addiction, we have all these programs in place to help patients, and we don't for, for smoking. So I would make that my number number one priority. 
And hopefully one of you will get the R01 <laughs> grant and <laughs> we'll have, you know, the data that, you know, all the inform- all the research that we need to make this better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think obviously a lot of people are both, you know, trying to get that grant and or those grants and are very interested in, you know, in this question. So, yeah, that would be cool. Maybe we can lobby the ATS to come up with the $20 million to, you know, give to, to one of us to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess I'll end with the last question that I had about all this stuff was, so there's there's still one pretty big trial, not as big as the NLST, but still one pretty big trial uh, out there of, you know, screening versus uh, not screening, uh, you know, the Nelson trial that I think we've all been waiting with bated breath to sort of, you know, find out what the results are. And so I'm, I'm just curious if that shows that, um, that, lung, that, you know, lung cancer screening is, you know, not helpful in, you know, from that study. Do you think, um, do you think we're going to have to roll back screening? I mean, we, we've spent so long, you know, now talking about it and implementing it and getting it going, but is it, is it, is, is the, um, are the, you know, are the horses out of the barn and we never, are we going to, um, are we ever, could we, is there, are there data that would say, well, we just really need to stop that screening is just, you know, not going to help. I think it's going to be very difficult, um, to, to say it's not going to help based on negative results from Nelson. I think we all expect those results to be negative because the studies were designed so differently. Uh, the patient criteria is different. The smoking uh, requirement is different. The number of patients enrolled is different. And you could argue that 15,000 is no small study, but people would argue, well, the NLSC was 55,000 patients. So um, I think it's going to be tricky only because in the Nelson study, they're younger and the smoking um, history is less, right? But what I think the Nelson will... This is what I think it will help in terms of patient selection because one of the things that I liked about the Nelson study is that they did pulmonary function testing in all patients who were enrolled in um, screening and they also, um, I think, if I, may, I may be wrong on this, but I think this is what they reported when I went to one of the lectures at um, at ISLAC. Um, they were analyzing um, emphysematous changes on CT scan. And I know there are some very sophisticated programs that are being developed that can actually quantitate the degree of emphysema on CT scans. Um, and And what that may show is that you know, if you are a smoker and you have a chronic obstructive lung disease, I mean, we know that that's a risk, that that may be, uh, that risk factor should be incorporated into um, uh, decisions about screening or not, um, because right now we're not using that within the NLST criteria. But I think it's going to be really hard to say, oh, no, Nelson is negative, we're not going to screen. Um, if Nelson was identical to NLST, and same numbers of patients, same criteria, then would be in a pickle, eh? Um, I mean, I think we're kind of in a pickle, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I, I really do think that um, I would have preferred to have waited um, a few more years after NLST to sort out all these issues about, you know, risk factors and prediction models, et cetera. Um, but, of course, we couldn't do that. Um, I think screening is here to stay, and I think what we have to do now is ensure that we do it as responsibly as possible, taking into uh, account benefits, risks, who should and should not be screened, uh, shared decision-making, smoking cessation, all the things that 
you know, we are passionate about in the ATS that that were you know promoted in the paper that that Lender re- uh, led. So, uh, I, but I think it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah, Brenda. What do you think? Do you think there's anything in Nelson that would say that would make us stop screening or anything? You know, from maybe some of the early, uh, you know, hopefully ongoing observational studies about lung cancer screening of, of how we're implemented so far that would would convince you to stop to stop screening. Okay. So um, I agree with Patricia that the the horse is out of the barn in terms of lung cancer screening. I don't think we're going to stop doing it at this point based on the results of the uh, Nelson trial, simply because, as Patricia said, NLST was so much larger. And um, I think, you know, I do hope that, um, you know, if, for example, Nelson shows harm, you know, that uh, it may give us more pause and, and, and help us to think more carefully about the patient selection issues. But, uh, and I think that, you know, we're doing that already. We're trying to come up with better uh, risk prediction models. So um, I don't think it's going to be the end of screening in any case, but I hope it will help us refine what we're doing. And do you, uh, any um, thoughts on, uh, you know, sort of looking at sort of observational studies for the first, you know, five years of screening that would convince you not to do it? Absolutely. I think um, I think the fact that, you know, uh, CMS has required um, that patients report or, or that, um, that screening centers report, um, you know, the patients that are being screened and their outcomes in a registry, uh, I think that'll be a great resource for, um, you know, looking at outcomes of screening in the real world and, and helping us to learn, you know, how we might uh, refine the process further in terms of, you know, who should be screened, how we should manage them once they are screened, and so forth. Many of these questions that we've been talking about on this podcast series. Yeah. But I think, obviously, those are going to be hard to know, you know, the ultimate outcome of why we've done randomized trials in the first place of, you know, does it actually, does screen actually, you know, lower lung cancer mortality? Or, you know, I think uh, it's going to be really hard to answer those questions uh, in observational studies. So, I think, you know, my personal opinion is I think that screening's here to stay, and I'd agree that really the onus is, is to, to make it better. Thank you so much for listening to our discussion today. Please don't judge us harshly in five years when all our predictions are wrong. We very much appreciate your feedback, so feel free to tweet us or email toa at thoracic.org. And thank you for listening to all our episodes.